Ladies and gentlemen, you're looking at 21st century David. Before David fought Goliath, this is today's point, only one point today. Disruptors discover their purpose before they emerge on their platform. Let me use it in layman's terms. The purpose precedes the platform. There are people that want platform without even knowing their purpose. Platform, platform, platform. It was David fighting Goliath was the day that God made him famous. It's equivalent to having zero followers on your Instagram account, 24 hours later having 34 million. That's what happened to David. No one knew him. He was a shepherd boy. He will, ooh. He was hidden. He was hidden for a while. He was hidden in the field. The stuff he did was hidden. Saul, his competition to a great degree, not David's, but Saul saw it as such. King Saul, who was the king when David defeated Goliath, his predecessor, David's predecessor, Saul, from the moment he emerged, boom, there he was. But David, he was hidden. David was hidden. God was hiding David. Some of you are hidden. You're in the field. Don't, don't jump out of the field before it's your time. Well... Well, Saul was coming out, and Saul was very braggadocious and very pompous about his personality and his presentation. David was in the field taking care of sheep. No one knew him. He had zero followers. He smelled like sheep. He worshipped in front of sheep. He had a rod, and he would defend the sheep. He was in the field, and he was hidden. I'm speaking to everybody who is hidden right now. You feel like God is hiding you. You feel like when it will be your season for God to come to finally launch you out. I'm here to tell you, when God says it's time, there's not a devil in hell or a person on earth that can hold back God from blessing you and elevating you on a platform that will magnify and glorify his name. I'm preaching to at least seven people right now. You feel like you've been hidden for a long time. You're in the field. It's not the devil keeping you back. It's God hiding you. It's God hiding you till you're ready. Are you with me right now? God has been hiding you, but he hasn't just been hiding you. He's been equipping you and anointing you and preparing you and injecting you with truth and grace and glory. Are you with me? Before you disrupt the world, you have to be disrupted by the grace of Jesus and the love of Jesus and the truth of Jesus and the mercy of Jesus and the destiny of Jesus and the all of Jesus. So to all the hidden people in the audience and watching right now all around the world, if you're hidden, if you're hidden, your time is coming. I dare you, if you're hidden, to raise one hand and just speak to yourself right now and say, my time is coming where God's going to call me out. I'm going to preach to everybody right now who's in the field. I need you to get your right foot ready. You're about to step out of that field. God's about to call you out. Your day is coming where things are going to open up in your favor. God's about to turn it around and you are about to emerge as a testimony of the grace-filled work of Jesus. But before you come out and disrupt the system, disruptors are people that are not afraid to confront systems and structures. Disruptors. Before you disrupt the system, you must do this. What is this? What is this? Before David fought Goliath in 1 Samuel 17, he was a worshiper in the previous chapters. Oh, you missed it. He was a worshiper. He was a worshiper. David was obsessed with worshiping. 
His obsession was worshiping. Worshiping God, worshiping God, worshiping God. When, by the way, he worshiped God when no one was around him. It's easy to worship God in a Sunday morning service. It's easy to be around a collective experience where you get emerged because others are doing it. But God is looking for someone who will worship when no one else will worship. God... God is looking for someone who will praise him when others refuse to praise him. How about this in 2019 America? God is looking for people that will praise him, worship him, and lift him up when it's politically incorrect to worship, praise him, and lift him up. Are you with me right now? God is looking for people that will worship him even if your flesh says don't worship him. Even if your past says don't worship him. How about this? Even if the government says you can't worship him. God is looking for people that worship him in spirit and in truth. John 4. Are there any worshipers in this house here today? John 4, 24. Jesus said. The Bible doesn't say Jesus is looking for more church members. The Bible doesn't say Jesus is looking for more participants. The Bible doesn't say Jesus is looking for more individuals that will embrace some sort of religious motif or model. John 4, 24. Jesus said, I am seeking those that worship and worship in spirit and in God is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in. So worship. He did this. He worshiped God. In, and he worshipped him in the private place. Stop it. Before he went public, he went private. His, if you can worship him in private, you can defeat the giant in public. I'm going to say that one more time. If you can worship him, I'm going to speak to every single person here who knows what it is to worship God when no one is around. To worship God in the most precarious of circumstances. If you are that kind of person, if you've worshiped God when people were not around, if you praise God all by yourself, if you praise God when only the sheep were around you, I want you to get ready. If you can worship God in the field, you can kill and defeat the giant that stands before for you in front of everyone else private worshipers obtain a public reward I would encourage you to be a worshiper let me encourage you to worship like you've never worshiped before you are on this planet to first and foremost exalt the name of Jesus to glorify and magnify the name of Jesus we worship so many things there is so much idolatry in the world today we must lift up the lamb we need a worship revolution. Oh, can I say one more thing that's a little bit edgy and, and I know incorrect? In the churches in modern day America and around the world, the primary vociferous expressions or manifestations of worship come around the conduit of primarily the female gender. Yes, let me explain that one more time in layman's terms. Women are usually the ones in a church environment who, you know, who really get animated and lift up their hands and some of them cry, some of them dance. It's ironic because in the Bible, the ones that led the worship were not women. They were actually men. The first one, I love going to Israel and participating in Jewish ceremonies. One of the greatest experiences of my life, right next to the wall, the Wailing Wall, a group of Jewish men grabbed onto this guy right here. And they, I mean, I'm not Jewish, I'm a Christian, but I love that experience. And they were Jewish men, Orthodox. They grabbed my hand, and at about 20 of us, they started to dance. 
And they didn't, and I mean dance right there. And I mean in front of God, security, tourists from all the world. And they, and they and I thought it was going to be like a quick little evangelical American one and a half minute dance until you get tired and sit down. 20 minutes later, I lost about three pounds. And I was still dancing with a bunch of men that were twice my age. And I'm looking around and the men are... I believe America will experience a revival when Christian men dare to stand up and worship. When Christian men dare to praise like there's no tomorrow. And I know everybody, men and women, but when men begin to praise, I don't know about you, but I think an extra degree of devils start running out because the man of the house is starting to praise and worship. Are there any men in the house who don't? Who are not ashamed to lift up the name of Jesus and worship God in spirit and in truth. So before you fight Goliath and disrupt the system, not only must you learn how to worship, but you must learn, you must learn how to fight off the bear and the lion. Don't, don't you dare fight Goliath unless you defeated the bear and the lion first. The bear and the lion, he fought them privately. No one was around, no cameras, no Instagram. No photo app, no, 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 no filter, nothing, nada. He fought the bear and the lion privately. You have to defeat the bear and the lion here before you destroy the giant out there. Let me say that one more time. The bear of your character, the bear of anger, the bear of, and the lion of unbelief. Are you with me right now? You gotta defeat the bear of ego and idolatry. You gotta defeat the lion of depression and discouragement and anxiety and fear and confusion and doubt. You gotta defeat the bear and the lion before you fight the giant. You got, don't you dare fight the giant. The giant's gonna look at you and say, don't you dare come up me. You can't even, you can't even be in front of me. You still have issues in your own closet that you haven't dealt with the giant but are you with me right now the giant one time and this is when I was growing up I had an experience as a youth pastor I we, we there was a moment if you don't believe in demonic possession all right it's up to you good luck with that uh, but but I, I have seen people that have been possessed not every single day not a million times but I have seen people that were possessed I saw a young lady about 17 years old lift up a linebacker football player and just put him from one place to the other and unless she was on super steroids or some sort of Captain America juice. She was possessed. And, and, and the person next to me started praying over the girl and started rebuking her, even in the name of Jesus, and it didn't work. And the girl looked back and looked at the guy and said, don't you dare come up and rebuke me. I know what you did last night. That boy stopped rebuking, started crying, walked away. And, and because I got news for you. Don't you dare fight the giant when you still have bears and lions in your own field that you haven't dealt with. Am I preaching to anybody right now? You need to fight off the bear and the lion. Defeat the bear and the lion. By the way, how do you defeat them? By the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. So defeat the bear and the lion. Once you defeat the bear and the lion in the field, then you can fight the giant in public. And it wasn't just the bear and the lion. The, David knew what it was to rebuke some spirits. He played the harp, and the Bible says in 1 Samuel 16, the Bible says that by playing the harp, y'all know the story. If you don't know the story, King Saul was tormented by a spirit. And David would worship, and that spirit would flee. Before you fight the giant, you must know how to cast out some things in Jesus' name. You have power to cast out some things. Let me repeat that one more time for the hearing impaired. You have power to cast out some things. 
on one little thing. The Apostle Paul in the book of Acts, we were here last Wednesday teaching in the Bible study. And when the Apostle Paul rebuked people, when the disciples rebuked people, they never rebuked people. They rebuked the spirit inside of people. Okay, the book of Acts says this, that Paul did not speak to the person. Paul spoke to the spirit tormenting the person. Oh, you missed it. The reason you're not getting breakthrough with people around you that are bound is because you're speaking to them. If you have a boy, if you have a, let me give you an example. You have a son named Johnny and Johnny is bound, possessed by a spirit of drug addiction. You've been talking to Johnny. That's why you don't have breakthrough. What you need to do is bring Johnny over and say, Johnny, come over here, sunshine. I want to talk to you. Johnny, stay right here. Here's my message for you. Jesus loves you. I love you. God has great purpose for your life. Oh, Johnny, don't go anywhere. Stick around. I got to speak to that thing which is inside of you. So. So Johnny, I'm not talking to you now. I'm talking to that thing inside of your mind. That thing inside of your spirit. That thing possessing your destiny. I'm not talking to you, but you need to be around here. And then you look at Johnny, but you look beyond Johnny. And you look inside of Johnny. And you say, you devil of addiction. I bind you. I rebuke you. I cast you out in the name of Jesus. Is there anyone here who understands that you have power in the name of Jesus to cast out? devils to cast out demons so they did so he, he defeated he learned to worship this is worship 101 this is warfare 201 you must you must go you must graduate before you graduate to fight Goliath you must go through that those courses offered currently at William Jessup University Sierra College Consumers River American River worship 101 warfare 201 and, and oh, this third one is pretty interesting, by the way. This third one is, you got this, you got this, and, and then you got this. Before he fought Goliath, he was anointed. So before he fought Goliath, he was anointed. They poured out oil. Samuel, the prophet, anointed David before he fought Goliath. Let me repeat that one more time. Before David fought the, God, the giant Goliath, the mucho big hombre, he was anointed. Stop for a second. Did this ever happen? Did Samuel ever say this? David, I anoint you to be king. And by the way, you're going to have to defeat a giant. Did that ever happen? No. Samuel never mentioned the giant. All Samuel did was anoint him. Anoint him. Never mentioned the giant. Because the giant doesn't matter when you're anointed. I'm going to say that one more time. The giant doesn't matter when you're anointed. When you're anointed, Samuel didn't need to say, oh, by the way, here comes the giant. Oh, by the way, somewhere down the road, your son Absalom is going to betray you. Oh, by the way, the Philistines are going to try. Oh, by no, no, no. He just said, boom, you're anointed. When, once you have the anointing, it doesn't matter what hell sends your way. All things work for good for those that are in Christ Jesus. I'm going to ask just one time. If I ask right now how many poor people are in the house? How many middle class people? How many rich people? How many Republicans? How many Democrats? How many Raiders? How many 49ers fans? Well, I have different people standing up. I have one question. How many anointed people are in the house here right now? I dare you to lift up your hands and repeat after me. I am anointed. Say, my family is anointed. 
Say it like you believe it. Say, I am anointed. My family is anointed. My present is anointed. My future is anointed. Wherever I go, I am anointed. You are anointed. It doesn't matter how many Goliaths come your way. You are anointed. It doesn't matter how many Absaloms come your way. You are anointed. You're anointed. That's that right there, man. What are you, they ask you? Anointed. You're at DMV filling out the application. What are you? Anointed. Put in a new box. Box. Anointed. Child of God. Hey, hey, can, can you come here, George? Um, so they, before he fought Goliath, he got the anointing. The anointing is typology of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. 1 John 2.27 says, the anointing now lives within you, the Holy Spirit. So... The anointing, the anointing is just, it's symbolic of the power of the Holy Spirit. So they anointed him. And it wouldn't be like a little dab. They would pour that baby out. They, they anointed, we're done, they, they anointed David, um, oh, no, it wasn't that. It was this. So I have to show you something that you maybe have never seen before. In 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1, can you put the verse up, please, so I can show you, make it legal? And Samuel took the flask of oil. Here's the flask of oil, olive oil, and poured it on Saul's head and kissed him. Yeah, that's Saul, the predecessor, the other guy. Yeah, that's a flask of oil, a flask. This is man-made. Can you, can you juxtapose and compare that to David's anointing moment? This is 1 Samuel 16. Armando, if you're back there, please make sure it happens before the rapture. <laughs> Find the verse and put it up. Because the Bible says, I have it here, right? I can read it for you. It's not a flask of oil. It was a horn of oil. The, the Hebrew words are pak and karen. Um, uh, yeah, so Samuel took the horn of oil. So this is the flask. which we will, is the word pak versus karen. So the word pak is the flask of oil. That's the Hebrew word for flask. And then the Holy Spirit is writing, and then the word karen is the word for horn. That's the word that appears here. Let, let me show you, because I'm going to have to show you this here. This is what they anointed Saul with. This was man-made. This is God-made. Let's do it one more time for those visually impaired. They anointed Saul with a flask that is man-made. This is God-made. 
This is man-made. This is God-made. This is man-made. This is God-made. This is man-made. This is God-made. This cost basically nothing. This was just a process. This something had to be ripped. An animal had to be ripped. Something bled and it came with a price. I'm here to tell you the anointing that you have is not a bottled up anointing. We don't have believers in this church that have this kind of anointing that come from a man-made process. The anointing that you carry came with a price. You don't have You don't have a man-made fabricated process anointing. You have an anointing that came with a price. Jesus died on the cross. He resurrected by the shedding of his blood, poured out the Holy Spirit. You have this anointing. I'm here to declare over you right now. Get ready to fight Goliath because you're not fighting him with this. You don't have a man-made anointing. You have an anointing that God constructed and created for you. That giant is coming down because your anointing comes from the horn and not from the flask. And I am decreeing and I am declaring that that same anointing is upon your children and your children's children and your children's 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 children. If you believe that, lift up your hands. If you're ready to bring down your giant with this anointing, with the anointing of the horn and not the flask, lift up one hand. If you understand that this is about you and this is about Jesus, this is about your ego, and this is about lifting up his name. If you're ready to see the giant come down, not with a bottled up religious man-made process anointing, but with anointing that comes via the conduit of the grace-filled work of Jesus, lift up both hands. No, listen, you have purpose. Your purpose comes before the platform. I'm here to tell you, God's about to emerge you. He's about to expose you. He's about to place you in a place where he will be glorified and magnified through you. But you have to be anointed. Without the anointing, you are nothing. Without the Spirit of God, you are nothing. You have to reach a place. David fought Goliath because he was already anointed. Don't dare to fight some of the things you're fighting off unless you're under the anointing. If you don't have the anointing, don't fight it. It's the anointing that makes the difference. It's the Spirit of God in you that makes the difference. Are you with me right now? I said it's the Spirit of God in you. It's not your personality. It's not your intellect. It's not your connections. It's not your followers. It's not your social media postings. What gives you the victory is the Spirit of the living God that lives inside of you. Now let me ask one more time. Are there any anointed people in the house here today? Lift up both hands. How many are ready for a fresh anointing? Which means a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I sense God. How many are, how many are tired of bottled up religious anointings? How many are tired of that? How many want an unbridled anointing that has no limits? How many went through a process this year where the anointing you now carry comes with a price? How many have been through a process in the past few years where it costs you something? If it has, lift up your hand. If you sacrifice something for your faith in Christ, if this is you. This is you. 
I, I'm asking God for our new season family. I don't want bottled up man-made religious people. I don't want that. In reality, if you would see the horn when it would happen, it would have some blood marks and some of the appendages from where it was ripped. Some of y'all look like this. You don't look as, look, 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 look. This is beautiful then. It's pristine, it's clear through, but it's man-made. It's a facade. Look at this, it has little wrinkles here, it's little dents. I don't know if you can see them. It has dents. Some of y'all look like this. You don't look, you don't look as pretty, quote-unquote, as this, but put a giant in front of you. Are you with me right now? You know how to bring a giant down. You know how to worship in spirit and in truth. If that's you, lift up your hands. All the Christians that look like, all the people here that look like this, if this is you, lift up your hands. Your purpose precedes the platform. Stand with me. Everybody else is standing. Look up here for a second. He was hidden. And while he was hidden, he learned. Let me play this thing. Be exalted, O Lord, above the heavens, for thy glory is over all of the earth. I exalt thee. He was hidden. But he learned to worship. And he learned to fight off the bear and the lion. That's me. You can't touch my sheep. You can't touch what belongs to me. I'm not going to let you touch what belongs to me. It's under my care. My stewardship. I'm going to take care of the bear and the lion. And then he fought off the bear and the lion here. And he knew how to cast out spirits out there. How to bring about freedom for someone else who was bound. When he did all of this and received the anointing, then he fought Goliath. You're asking God to knock down your giant. God is asking you, have you worshipped? God is asking you, have you defeated the bear and the lion in here? Have you crucified the bear and the lion? Have you come to me? Because he takes care of it now. All you got to do is, God, I have that bear. I have that anger issue. I'm being tempted to go back to something that I know you already disconnected from my life. And, and I'm, I'm being tempted, God. I just can't say no. I can't say no. I can't say no. I have that bear. I have that lion. Maybe that lion is, if it, maybe that lion is beautiful. It's a lioness, and you're a guy, and it's a beautiful lioness. Maybe the lion is the Victoria's Secret model. Maybe the bear, if you're a girl, is some handsome look, you know, whatever it may be. You can't let go of the bear. God says you can't defeat this until you let go of that. Let go of the bear and the lion. Say, you just lift up your hands. Hi, my name is David. I'm just a shepherd boy in the field. I've never complained to God. I've never told God, when is it my time? Because I, I love worshiping him and I love taking care of the sheep. 
I'm in the field. But I know that I know that I know my day is coming. My day is coming. God's been hiding you. He's been hiding you for such a time as this. So I'm going to speak to every shepherd boy and every shepherd girl who has been hiding in the field of life. Asking, when is it my time? Speaking to you right now. If you're ready, because you know how to worship, you know what it is to worship all by yourself. You know what it is to fight the bear and the lion. You know what it is to cast out devils and demons in the name of Jesus. Luke 10, 19. He has given you power, absolutely everything. Nothing can harm you. If you know that, then get ready. Because before your platform comes clarity of your purpose. Everybody look up here for a second. This is it. Pastor Sam, I want to know what my purpose is. I'm going to tell you your purpose right now. Write it down. Record it if you want. I'm going to tell you what your purpose is. Your purpose is to glorify and magnify Jesus. In everything you do. In all of your actions, words, deeds, and thoughts. Pastor Sam, I want to know my purpose. Your purpose is to live eternal life, new life, and abundant life. Your purpose is to live a holy, healed, healthy, happy, humble, hungry, honoring life. And with that life, change the world. That's your purpose. Your purpose is to be light in the midst of darkness. Your purpose is to be the head and not the tail. Your purpose is to be an atmosphere shifter. Your, your purpose is not to ask for blessings. Your purpose is to be the blessing. Your purpose is not to ask God every day to answer your prayers. Your purpose is to be the answer to someone else's prayer. Your purpose is to quench the thirst and feed the hungry and welcome the stranger. Your purpose is to bring good news to the poor and healing to the brokenhearted and freedom to the captive. Your purpose is to do justice, love mercy, walk humbly before God. Your purpose is Jesus. I just gave you your purpose, man. Pastor Sam, but I'm a school teacher. That's where you do it. But I'm a doctor. That's where you do it. But I'm a lawyer. That's where you do it. When? Now? Where? Wherever you're at. With what? With what you already have. Are there any questions about purpose?